Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Justice League in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Justice League is in theaters, and there are some big statistics to go around for this film. We are looking at upwards of 20 people being in this film with notoriety in one way, shape, or form, uh, as well as some big names behind the camera. Uh, So without any further ado, um, well, with a little further ado, uh, as I did with Thor, I'm going to do a spoilers segment uh, on the actors that are appearing in the film. Now, there are a lot of names in this movie, Only two of them, in my opinion, warrant being separated as spoilers. Um, They appear in an end credits scene, and that's about it. Uh, There are definitely going to be names in here that, if you've seen the film, you may not even realize appeared in this film. There is, I don't know, like three-minute flashback sequence about 30 minutes into the movie that has very, very, very blink-and-you-miss-it moments from characters who have been in previous DC movies. So generally speaking, if you're not sure how a particular character factors in, it might be because they end up in that sequence. So that's why that is how it is. And I don't think, I mean, for, you know, one frame of screen time, no, that's not, that's not enough. Not, not in the context of, of, of which they are in. At least, for me, in in any way. Uh, So, Justice League, the new DCEU film, uh, just premiered this past weekend, and now we are talking about it. So, let's jump into this, shall we? Justice League. Uh, It's on November 17th, uh, and uh, clocked it at 118 minutes, so two minutes shy of two hours. Uh, Give or take a minute, I'm I'm not 100% sure when the final end credit scene was over, but it's about, it's just shy of two hours, maybe two hours on the nose. It's a 2017 film. My brief summary is a new big bad requires all the super friends to help each other. Fairly straightforward. I gave the film a 39. That's right, pretty, pretty low. It is higher uh, than Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So not the worst DCEU film. I did prefer Suicide Squad, uh, which is a little bit higher, and obviously Wonder Woman is is miles ahead. So, still not great, not good, not not even okay. Uh, it has a 39 on Rotten Tomatoes as of this recording, uh, subject to fluctuation this early in its uh, debut. So I'm right in line with the critics' conglomerate score. But I, I do feel as though, eh, I don't know. I, I think if you look at, let me see, Justice League, 39% is fine. I mean, it's still better than what like the other ones got, Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman. But the average rating is actually 5.3 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not as terrible as you might expect, 
Um, but like again, it's not the same. A 5.3 on on Rotten Tomatoes rubric is not the same as a 53 on my own scale because people rate things differently. So I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. Moving on to the director, um, it is that guy. He's here again, and it's Zack Snyder. This is the eighth film credit from Zack Snyder that I've seen, and lowers his average film rating to a 45.25. It is his fourth film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as his fourth best overall film. Comes in right behind 300 and right ahead of Sucker Punch. Zack Snyder is ranked 626th overall, uh, behind a huge group of people tied for 610th. Uh, none of their names really jump out to me offhand. Uh, he is ahead of Andrew Nichol, who is the director of Gattaca, among other things. Couple of writing credits to go around here. Um, starting with uh, the man himself, Joss Whedon, came in to help uh, do reshoots and pump up the comedy, I guess, is what the narrative is. Uh, this is the ninth film credit for Joss Whedon as a writer that I've seen. Lowers his average film rating to a 71. It is a, one of his three films rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as his eighth best film overall, coming in just behind Buffy the Vampire Slayer and just ahead of Titan A.E. Justice League drops uh, his value to a 7.5 and his score to 66.09. He is ranked 51st overall, so it drops just out of the top 50. He's right behind Robert Benton and right ahead of George Lucas. But he's not the only one on there. Uh, also is Zack Snyder. This is Snyder's fourth writing credit that I've seen and is his and drops his average film rating to a 51. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as his third best film, coming in a, uh, behind 300 and ahead of 300 Rise of an Empire. Drops his, average, or drops his value to a negative 1, his score to a 33, and he falls to a rank of 932nd, tied with about 50 other people, including F. Scott Fitzgerald, uh, among others. But that's not all. There is one other writing credit here to uh, drag somebody else through the mud, and that's Chris Terrio. This is his third film credit uh, as a writer and drops his average film rating to a 47. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49. Uh, drops his value to a negative 2 and his score to 27.7. Justice League is his second best film, coming in behind Oscar-winning uh, screenplay for Argo. And uh, ahead of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Chris Terrio is now ranked 1,892nd, tied with Bill Walsh, behind William Deere, and ahead of James V. Hart. Don't worry if you don't recognize those names. They're in my spreadsheet, and even I don't. So, all right, moving on to the actors. Like I said, um, I count 22 credits to go around the acting web uh, page but two of them will be saved for a later point uh, as they are spoilers. So uh, I will ignore those as best I can. First up is David Thewlis. Uh, he, this is his 24th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 62.58. It 
is his fifth film, rated between 25 and 49. This is his 19th best film overall, coming in behind Dragonheart and ahead of The Fifth Estate. Drops his film value to an 11, his score to a 68.77, and his rank to 243rd, tied with Kyle Chandler, uh, coming up behind Peter Sarsgaard and ahead of Sean Penn. Next up is Amy Adams. Uh, Amy Adams, this is her 28th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 61.07. It is her fourth film rated between 25 and 49 and her 21st film rated overall. It comes in behind Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny and ahead of Julie and Julia. Justice League drops her value to an 8.5, her score to a 68 flat, and ranks her at 265th, tied with Ashley Jensen, ranked just behind Emily Blunt and just ahead of Henry Fonda. Next up is J.K. Simmons. This is his 38th film credit. Dropping his average film rating to a 57.79, it is his 9th film, rated between 25 and 49. It is his 25th film rated overall, coming in ahead of Jennifer's Body and and behind Men, Women, and Children. He now has a film value of 6, a score of 62.4, and a rank of 480. He is behind Mark Hamill and ahead of Chris Pratt. Um, Generally not the worst place to be, but uh, this uh, Justice League did not help him. Uh, Next up is... uh, Oh, I'll never remember how to pronounce his first name. Uh, I want to say Ciaran, but I know that's not right. Ciaran Hines. Kieran Hines, I think, maybe. Kieran Hines. This is his 24th film credit. Drops his average film rating to a 59.79. It is his fourth film rated between 25 and 49. Uh, it ranks as his 21st film overall, coming in ahead of Closed Circuit and behind Bleed for This. Drops his film value to a 4. His score to a 59.19 and he is now ranked 660th overall. He is just behind Shahab Hosseini and ahead of Helen Hunt. Uh, Kieran Hines providing the voice for the villain. Uh, potentially mo-capping him. I'm, I'm not sure if he did, did anything besides the voice. Uh, next up is Robin Wright. Robin Wright, this is our 18th film credit. Her average film rating is now at 59.94. She now has four films rated between 25 and 49, and this is her 13th best film overall. It comes in ahead of Toys and behind Everest. Justice League drops her film value to a 4, her score to a 57.95, which puts her tied with MCU veteran Paul Bettany. Uh, They are both just behind Ashley Johnson and just ahead of Michael Papajohn. Just like the pizza. Next up is Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup, this is his 18th film credit. He now has an average film rating of 58.39. It is his fourth film rated between 25 and 49 and 14th best film overall, coming in ahead of Blood Ties and behind Last Supper. Drops his film value to a 2.5, his score to a 55.05, and he is now ranked 967th overall, which is just behind Adrian Martinez and ahead of Shea Wiggum. Uh, the next one is a spoiler, so we'll skip it and go to 
Connie Nielsen. This is her eighth film credit. Uh, she now has an average film rating of 61.5. It is her second film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as her sixth best film overall. It is just behind uh, One Hour Photo and just ahead of Perfect Sense. Her film value drops to 3.5 and her score falls to 52.7, which puts her tied with Carmine Jogo, just behind W. Earl Brown, and just ahead of Judy Greer. Connie Nielsen. Next up is Jeremy Irons. This is his 15th film credit. He now has an average film rating of 53.13 and has uh, been in four films, rated between 25 and 49. It's his 10th best film overall, ranking behind The French Lieutenant's Woman and ahead of Casanova. His film value drops to a negative 1.5 for a score of 46.88. He's ranked 1,745th overall behind Rosemary DeWitt and ahead of Dev Patel. After him is Lisa Lovin Kongsley. May not recognize this name. Uh, she was previously in Wonder Woman. This is only her third film credit. Uh, she drops her average film rating to a 68.67. Uh, this is her only film, rated between 25 and 49, and it is her worst film of the three. Uh, her best film was Force Majeure, which is a foreign language movie, followed by Wonder Woman and now Justice League. She has a value of 2 and a score of 43.2, which ranks her at 2,169th, tied with Patrick Bashow, Anna Popplewell, Hank Bell, if any of those names ring a bell. Uh, she's behind um, Michael McShane, Molly Parker, and ahead of Danny Trejo. Hey, everybody's name can't be famous, is, is I guess what I'm getting at. Next one is a spoiler, and that leaves us down to Ben Affleck. This is Affleck's 31st film credit and drops his average film rating to a 51.42. It is his ninth film rated between 25 and 49 and 21st film overall. Ranks just behind Paycheck and just ahead of He's Just Not That Into You. He, his film value drops to negative 7.5. Score now at 40.80. He is ranked 2,427th overall. Just behind couple of people ahead of him, uh, Kathy Burke, Elizabeth Debicki, and Tayona Paris, all tied, and just ahead of Richard Reel and Jeffrey Donovan, who are just behind him, also tied. After that is Diane Lane. This is Diane Lane's 17th film credit. She has an average film rating of 50.12, and it is her 7th film rated between 25 and 49. It's her 10th film overall. It comes in behind Killshot and ahead of Paris Can Wait. Drops her film value to a negative 4.5 and her score to 40.34. Uh, she is now ranked 2,481st behind Stephen Colbert and ahead of James Cagney. Next is Ezra Miller, Flash. This is his eighth film credit. Drops his average film rating to a 52.25. It's his only film, rated between 25 and 49, and his sixth best film overall. Comes in behind, we need to talk about Kevin, and ahead of 
Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. He now has a film value of negative 1.5, a score of 40.30, and ranked 2,486th overall. Tied with Brad Davis, James Ransone, behind Greg Kinnear and Jared Harris, and ahead of Aiden Turner and Anna Sophia Robb. After that is Joe Morton. This is Morton's 12th film and drops his average film rating to a 48.67. It is his fifth film, rated between 25 and 49, and seventh film overall. It comes in behind Paycheck, which he shares with Ben Affleck, and ahead of Forever Young. Drops his film value to a negative 3.5 and his score to a 38.21. He is now ranked 2,706th overall, just behind Loretta Devine and Don Johnson, and ahead of Ann Baxter and Lynn Griffin. After that is uh, Amber Heard. This is her 12th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 47.17. It is her third film, rated between 25 and 49. Uh, Justice League comes in between All the Boys Love Mandy Lane below her, below it, and Drive Angry above it. Uh, she drops her film value to a negative 5.5 and her score to 34.93. She is just behind Rory McCann and just ahead of Rain Wilson. Then you've got Michael McElhatton. Michael McElhatton. Michael McElhatton. Uh, this is his eighth film credit, and it's his four, he now has an average of 45.25. Uh, he's got two films rated between 25 and 49 now, and Justice League is his fifth best film. It comes in behind Shadow Dancer and ahead of The Zookeeper's Wife. Um, he now has a film value of negative three and a score of 33.2 for a rank of 3,133 tied with Lee Evans, just behind Dave Chappelle and just ahead of John C. McGinley. Below him is Gal Gadot. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's Gadot. Uh, she has 10 film credits now. Um, and now has an average film rating of 42.3. This is her only film rated between 25 and 49. It comes in just behind Night and Day and just ahead of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, Godot's film value drops to negative 6 and her score to 29.25. She is now ranked 3,407th along with Charles Nelson Riley, Emily Wolf, Loretta Young, and Jessica Roth. She is behind Jamie Denbo and ahead of Nicholas Farrell. Not, not, not super recognizable names right there, though. Not at all. Below her is Henry Cavill. This is his seventh film credit and drops his average film rating to 39.57. This is his third film, rated between 25 and 49, and third film overall. It comes in behind The Man from Uncle and ahead of Man of Steel. Justice League drops his value to a negative 5.5 and his score to 25.28. Uh, he's now ranked 3,655th behind Erica Alexander and Elena Sanchez and ahead of Sammy Gale. Sammy Gale was in Noah. Elena Sanchez was in Hunger Games Catching Fire. And Erica Alexander was in Get Out. The more you know. 
Below her is Gemma Rafufi. I doubt I'm pronouncing that right. This is her only film debuting on the spreadsheet. Uh, she plays... Well, you don't recognize her. You're not going to know who that is. Um, I'm not going to tell you what character she plays because that's kind of a spoiler. But, like, I don't know. Don't look her up because... But, like, I don't know. You're not going to know who this person is. So I, I don't feel bad about talking about it. She will presumably be appearing in another movie, though. She's projected to appear in Ready Player One. She's cast in that. So that's why I added her to the spreadsheet. Um, it's her only film, so she has an average film rating of 39. One film rated between 25 and 49. Justice League, best and worst film. Value of negative 1, score of 12. And she's ranked 4,077th behind Rosa Salazar and ahead of Matthew Willig. Gemma Rafufi. Below her is Cyborg Ray Fisher. This is his third film credit. Uh, he has an average film rating of 23.67. And is his only film rated between 25 and 49. And it's his best film ahead of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. He has a film value of negative 5, a score of 9.2, and is ranked 4,111th. Just behind Natalie Imbruglia, Imbruglia and ahead of Muriel Enos. Keep in mind, there are only 4,183 people on this list. So he's in the bottom 100. But there is someone below him, and that is Aquaman, Jason Momoa. This is his fourth film. With an <laughs> Raises his average film rating to a 20.5. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49, and his best film coming in ahead of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. He drops his film value to a negative 7. His score to 6.67, and he's ranked 4,139th. So he is in the bottom 50 people on my spreadsheet as an actor. He comes in behind Heather Locklear and ahead of Lauren Hutton. Lauren Hutton was in Once Bitten. Maybe that strikes a chord. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's it. We will return to the actor spreadsheet for the spoilers uh, at the end of this episode. Moving on to genres, Justice League ra rated 39 from the year 2017 is an action film, dropping action films to 55.13, an adventure film, dropping those to 54.05. It is a fantasy, dropping those to 55.31, and it is a sci-fi film, dropping those to 54.63. It does pass the Bechdel test with a three. Uh, there are There is a scene between uh, Diane Lane and Amy Adams' characters where they don't specifically talk about a male, and it is rated PG-13. It does not factor into the IMDb Top 250, nor my own, my own Top 300. As far as Academy Awards go, it is not being nominated for anything at the moment. I don't think it will be. And we'll move on. It is part of the 2017 year in film. And as such, it is the 218th film from 2017 that I've seen. And it is my 1056th film seen this year. 2017 films have an average film rating now of 48.61 and a tomato meter of 61.71. Justice League is... Uh, is the 41st action film that I've seen from this year, the 34th adventure film. It is the 30th fantasy film, 
and 35th sci-fi film extending the lead you know 2017 has the most sci-fi films of any year i've seen to date Uh, number two is 2013 with 32 and the year is not yet over star wars will add at least one more to that checklist so yeah a lot of sci-fi this year 35 Uh, as a three on the bechdel test it is part of the 38.07 percent of films from this year that have a three uh, which is good Uh, i mean it's not great but i mean it's it's the highest number so it's fine is the 56th pg-13 film i've seen from this year which puts it puts that category 31 films behind r-rated movies at 87 and only four films ahead of not rated movies at 52 52 as far as the circle of film awards go it will not be making an appearance whatsoever uh it would have needed to come out like february to have a chance of appearing on this list and it didn't so it's not going to i mentioned before that as far than dceu it is the number three film coming in ahead of man of steel and behind suicide squad and likewise in the year of 2017 ranked 39 rated 39 out of 100 it is tied with two other films that came out this year the first is small crimes Uh, my summary is a uh, a former cop tries to fix his life uh i think i don't know I, I couldn't tell you what that film was i have to look it up i'll look it up i guess i'll look it up i might as well small crimes my instinct was to say that it was uh rain wilson no oh it's the the nikolai coster waldau film that's right I, I remember it now seeing his face he like gets out of prison and tries to make himself whole again the other film is power rangers that's right power rangers is just as good as justice league i would argue that power rangers is a more fun movie uh, but justice league does some different things better and some different things worse so you know it's uh i mean they're kind of the same movie aren't they a group of people join up to become superheroes against a common enemy la di da so justice league yeah it's it's not good uh but you know i won't really go into any more detail about the movie because that is being kept apart and tucked deeply away into the review episode so check that out if you want to take you know understand and figure that out so there's that Let's now jump in to the Fantasy Movie League update for week 12 of the fall 2017 season. We sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and sheen. I mean, how hard can that be? For the second time this season, we have had six. We have six people finish with a perfect cineplex: uh, Keel Music, Rybone, Plexi, Perksplex, Director's Cut, and Shawbin. Uh, another, a seventh person was just one screen off. That's Raman. He went with Jigsaw instead of Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The perfect cineplex was seven screens of Wonder and one screen of Three Billboards. Uh, that netted a 
whopping $212 million this week, which is uh, almost double the highest total you could get in a previous week this season. Um, Only, I think, weeks... I mean, it was almost... I mean, the only week that really came close to matching that is week two when it was split. And this is a a huge, huge uh, gap between if you got Wonder and if you didn't. And those seven people I named are the only ones that got it and are now enjoying a significant, significant... uh, space between them and everyone else this season. Uh, with only one week to go, it's pr- if you didn't hit Wonder last week, you're pretty much out of the running this season. Uh, the highest person that did not play Wonder after week 12 is Film Obsessed 35, our week 11 winner, and uh, he or they ended up and end up with uh, they have about 963 million dollars at this point which is $180 million off the total. And as far as I'm concerned, that's an insurmountable margin. Uh, There are people who did play Wonder, who I would say are fairly out of the running at this point. Um, Shaubin, Director Scott, Rahman, I think the gap is $60 million plus for those three, and I don't think that they really have a shot to get there. And so that, based on the stats, it looks like it's down to just four people that have a chance to take the take the season. Kill Music, who has been in the lead for eight straight weeks, has never won a, has not won a week this season. Uh, he sits with one billion one hundred and forty three million dollars in the lead. Um, but nipping at his heels is Rybone with one billion one hundred and thirty two million dollars, just an eleven million dollar deficit, uh, who has also not won a single week this season. Uh, and then behind him in third is one with one billion one hundred twenty-seven million uh, is Plexi, who has won two weeks this season. And in fourth, and in my opinion, the only other person with a chance to take this season's crown is Perks Plex with one billion one hundred eight million dollars. So the gaps between uh, so the deficits for those three who aren't Kill Music, uh, Rybone is eleven million down, Plexi is fifth uh, about. 15 and a half, 16 million down, and Perksplex is almost $35 million down from the lead. Uh, so, even $35 million, I think, is a hefty margin to overcome, but that is a margin that can be overcome. Whereas, when you go down one more, one step further to $60 million, uh, given the way that Kill Music and Rybone and Plexi and Perksplex have been playing this season, I find it very unlikely that all four of them will allow uh, Rahman to kind of hit something that big that they don't see. So I, I really do think it'll be quite difficult for Rahman to get... I mean, maybe fourth, third, uh, you know, he could move up somewhat, but I don't think he can He can quite reach first. Um that being said, uh, because this was such a huge week and because so many of us hit perfect cineplexes, the percentage uh, away from the perfect season has grown quite substantially for most of the people. Uh, Kill Music, Rabbit, and Plexi are all narrow, nearing the 90% level. 
Keel Music at 89.41%, Rybone at 88.53%, Plexi at 88.18%. We've only had someone hit 90%, uh, I believe, three times in the league's history. That's Award Season 17 with Keel Music, 91.4%. Uh, Summer 17 for Rybone, 91.97%, and Summer Summer 17 for Shawbin, 90.07%. So I would say all three of the top, all the top three really have a chance. Uh, Depending on how big the week ends up, I would say even Perksplex has a chance. He's sitting at 86.69% at the moment. So that'll be something to look for. And um, as well as uh, the Best performer race, uh, Plexi regained the lead when Film Obsessed missed the uh, Wonder lineup this week. He Plexi now has 26 best performers. Uh, next behind him is Shaubin with 24 and Director's Cut with 23. Kill Music has 20, and that ties Shaubin for the who had the lowest number of BPs in a winning season. Uh, Kill Music would have to win this season without. And it's another single best performer uh, to to match that record, which seems unlikely because I think if he doesn't have a best performer in his lineup, he will not be the winner this season. Uh, so there's there's definitely some stakes to to be fought over in that respect. Um, Rybon is 21. Everyone above, you know, everyone in the top eight has at least 20. So I don't think that's a record getting broken this season. We'll have to try again next time. And uh, it's 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 interesting. It's always interesting heading into the final week when you're when you're down, you know, a small margin, but like still enough of a margin. You know, I think that eleven to fifteen, twenty million range kind of forces you to think. All right, I can't just go with the consensus. I have to figure out something else that has a shot of winning, but maybe I don't believe in it as much. And personally. I don't, that's not my approach, okay? Like, when I, um, now they only see, now the previous three seasons, Award 17, Summer 17, and Spring 17, all three of them, the ultimate winner had been leading for at least, since at least week, week six of that season. So, Award 17, Kill Music took the lead in week six, never went back. Uh, Spring 17, Shawbin led the whole way, and Summer 17, um, uh, Rybone gained the lead in week six, never looked back. So no one's ever really come from behind that this late in the season to take the lead, except in week 16, uh, the week, the season that I, or in fall 16, which is the season I won. Um, that season, uh, Swagner had the lead from week nine through week 12, and he compl- his lineup in week 13 was um, unfortunately very atrocious and ended up conceding over s- almost $60 million in points uh, to, to Plexi, who ultimately who snuck in and took the lead, uh, edging out uh, Keel Music, who had also, also, like Plexi wasn't even in second place that, at that point. I think he was in fourth start heading into week 13 and climbed from fourth to take the lead so it's not unprecedented for someone to take the lead in the final week but 
you know, I, I went into that week 13, I wasn't thinking, all right, I got to play a contrarian lineup. Okay, I got to like, whatever the consensus is, I got to work against it, you know. Um, firstly, like that was, I was, wasn't exactly worried about the consensus at that point uh, in playing the game. I was mostly just thinking, all right, what do I got to, like, what is the best and most optimal lineup that I can play? And, you know, when I look back, you know, that lineup that season was three Doctor Strange, five Arrival, and that was the perfect Cineplex. And I had, you know, that week I was pretty much just on the Arrival train, and I don't remember what the FML buck values were, but I, I guess I, that that's ultimately the lineup I ended at, uh, having based having think thought that Arrival was best performer, and it wasn't so much all right if I think Swagner's going to play this lineup, I got to play something else that it's going to take his lineup down, and so heading into this final week of Fall Seventeen, I'm not thinking necessarily about is Kill Music going to have this lineup or not. You know, I'm obviously, I'm definitely not going to be, you know, I'm I'm in the resistance uh, private league, so, like, if I see they have a consensus lineup, there's probably a 0% chance I end up playing that lineup. Uh, but I, I do think that I'm just kind of, right now, I'm completely unconcerned with lock times. I am absolutely just, you know, changing my lineup as soon as I feel like I needed a, need a better one. I am absorbing as much information as I possibly can and uh, just trying to say trying to play the best lineup I can you know it's that simple I'm shooting for the perfect cineplex and you know if that means I end up with the same lineup as kill music then you know congrats to him because he snuffed he sniffed it out as as well as I did and you know if that means that I end up playing the same lineup as rybone and we both pass kill music well I mean that's I mean fantastic too you know, if I get a PC and I still lose in week 13, I mean, there's not much else I could have done. And, you know, it's it's that it's that simple. So, week 13 is going to be incredibly interesting. We have Coca opening up. It is, a, it is Thanksgiving, so it's kind of a five-day weekend for um, movie theaters. We're still only concerned about three days, so we have a good amount of data, hopefully, to parse through. Uh, by Friday morning. Um, aside from Coco, we also have uh, Roman J. Israel, The Man Who Invented Christmas, and Loving Vincent makes its first appearance on the Fantasy Movie League. Lady Bird, three billboards have both expanded quite substantially, and um, we'll see how much, how well Wonder can ride that wave from just exploding last week. A lot of things to consider. It still seems very murky, but it's only Wednesday morning right now. Hopefully, the picture becomes a little more clear, but also hopefully not too clear, and everyone ends up with the uh, same lineup. So that's what we have in store for us in week 13. It will be a nail-biter of a finish, uh, especially if the lineup reveal be, uh, shows us that Heel Music, Rybone, and Plexi all have different lineups, that would be fantastic and really uh, give us a, sh a race. And that's that's exciting. So I'm looking forward to this last week. And hopefully it will be a photo finish. That's That would be really enjoyable for me. Um, 
one, because that means somebody besides Kill Music would be in contention, but, you know, just hopefully it'll be fun and exciting, because we haven't really had a week, a season like that. Uh, well, Summer 17 was very much open and shut, in my opinion, uh, for, for Rybone after a certain point. Um, Spring 17 was interesting, because uh, Kill Music was able to cl- cut a like $30 million gap down to $3 million in his last week. Uh, but Award 17, the gap was just too wide. Fall 16 was very exciting. Uh, so hopefully we've gone pretty much exciting season, boring season, uh, final weeks of seasons at least, to, to say the least. Uh, exciting, boring, exciting, boring. So this should be an exciting week. And uh, good luck to everybody because it's um, it's just it's that... I don't know. I don't know what I was going to get. I don't know what I was going to say. Good luck to everybody, and may the best person win. And uh, then I will see you week one of awards season 2017. 2018? Awards 2018? Is that how they label it? Yeah, it'll be awards 2018. And uh, then we have to deal with expansions uh, every single week. Sounds like fun. But uh, now we're going to jump into spoilers uh, briefly. It's not going to take very long. Um, for the two people in this movie that I really don't feel comfortable talking about until I put a spoiler tag up. So, here comes a spoiler tag. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. And look what you're ignoring. Alright, we are now safely in the spoiler zone, guys. And uh, let me just get to the two people here real quick. Billy Crudup. Alright. First up is Jesse Eisenberg. That's right, uh, old Luther himself. This is his 22nd film credit. He now has an average film rating of 56.14. He has five films rated between 25 and 49, and this is his 16th best film. Comes in just behind Rio 2, just ahead of Cursed. It is uh, drops his film value to a 1, his score to a 52.96, and he is now ranked 1,142nd. So still fairly decent uh, he's behind a bunch of people including john ham josh lucas zach woods uh, dennis franz fred mcmurray kelvin harrison edith scob mark holton some of those names are more important and recognizable than others and he's ahead of terry kinney who is most notably uh, in the laramie project the firm the last of the Mohicans, etc that's the first of two, and then the other person is Joe Mang- Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello, Manganiello, Manganiello. It is his seventh film credit. Uh, he now has a film rating of 53.14. This is his second film rated between, 24, no, rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as his fifth best film overall. Comes in behind Magic Mike XXL and ahead of what to expect when you're expecting. Justice League uh, drops his value to a flat zero and his score to 41.33. He is now ranked 2,367th overall, right behind James Brolin, right ahead of Nancy Olsen, along with a couple of others, including Katriona, Katriona Balf. Is that how you pronounce her name? Katriona? Katriona? The, the lead actress from uh, Outlander. Katriana? Katriana? Both. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. So, 
Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. Those are the two spoiler uh, people who are in this movie. That's about it, though, for that. So, that, yeah. Uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on the movie as a whole and what I think about the state of the DCEU, head over to the review episode that came out prior to this episode and uh, send me your thoughts if you're so inclined. Uh, to know where to send those thoughts, uh, as well as any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send them to circleoffilm at gmail.com. That is the best way to reach me. If you would like to check out the website, the spreadsheet, information on the Circle of Film Awards, and various other things, you can head over to circleoffilm.com. And if you would like to contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, I think you should check out patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And finally, I want to thank you very much for listening, and as always, have a week.